What a great day to serve the Lord. I'm evangelist Mike McCurry, and I'd like to thank you for being a co-laborer together with me today here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. As the director of Bible Tracts Incorporated, it's such a joy to be speaking to you. I truly do mean that. It kind of would be a little pointless for me to be talking to this microphone right now if there was nobody listening. And the fact that you are means so much to me. So thank you so very much for that. I greatly appreciate it. In just a moment, we are going to conclude our study in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and 14, looking at our impact, at your impact. Now remember that your impact is only inhibited by your imagination. I love hearing how people use gospel tracts and how people go above and beyond. It Really, it's not above and beyond because we're serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So really anything we do is just what we should be doing for him. But I love to hear as I travel church to church, got to, got to travel 30,000 miles last year, and I got to meet so many different people doing so many inventive things. In, even in a tumultuous year, even in a difficult year for some, people thinking outside the box about how they can bring glory and honor to God and to bring people to Christ. And so we're going to look at our impact, more specifically, my impact, your impact. Join me in 1 Samuel chapter number 14. Before we go any further, we're going to talk about one of my favorite gospel tracks. I'll let you take a guess. Which one do you think it is? Well, it's called this, Infant Baptism with a question mark. More like infant baptism. And the little tagline at the bottom says, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about infant baptism? Well, those of you that have heard me talk about this one before know that what it says on the inside always makes me chuckle. What does the Bible say about infant, about baby baptisms? Well, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. You're going to have to visit Bible Tracks, Inc., Dot org and order your very own sample packet, one each of every gospel track that we put out for free all around the world. You can order that on BibleTracksInc.org. I'd be curious, for those that are listening right now, if you could guess how many sample packets we put out in the year 2020. What I'd like you to do is this. Text me your guess. 309-316-7240. Maybe we'll do, um, hmm, a special gift of some kind. Maybe we'll give you a pen or a CD or something. If you can guess the closest, whoever gets the closest to how many sample packets. Now, I'm not going to give you any hints. No hints. You just have to guess blindly. You guess how many sample packets did we put out from Bible Tracks Incorporated in the year 2020. Text me 309-316-724. Zero. Now, I'm the radio host, not a game show host, so let's jump into the Bible study. What do you say? First Samuel chapter number 14. First Samuel chapter 14. Let me set the stage. Saul and Jonathan, his son, are facing off with the people of Israel against the mighty horde of the Philistines. Thousands upon thousands. They're vastly outnumbered. The children of Israel are hiding in caves, in thickets, in pits, on high places, everywhere they can find that they think they won't be found. They're hiding because they're scared, except for 600 people that are sitting with King Saul 
under a pomegranate tree. I'm guessing that they don't all fit under the pomegranate tree, but they're all sitting there. Verse number two of chapter 14 says, And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree. 600 people with him. But here's what happens. Jonathan makes a great impact for God in spite of a lot of things that seem to be going against him. For instance, Jonathan's impact was not reliant on the previous or the present administration. Understand this, Saul, right immediately previously to chapter 14, Saul made a grave error. He stepped into the priest's office. He did something he should not have done. He took the responsibility that only Samuel the priest should have had, and Saul went outside the bounds of his responsibility. But Jonathan did not use that as an excuse for why he could not do things for God. He was not restricted. Jonathan was not restricted by the power of his army, weak though it may be. Remember that Saul and Jonathan, they're the only two people among all the people of Israel that had any sort of legitimate tools of war. They were the only ones with swords. Everyone else had agricultural implements, farming tools. Saul and Jonathan, the only swords. And Jonathan, didn't let that be an excuse. He was not restrained by a person's age. Even though Jonathan was a young man, he did not let that keep him from doing what he should do. His impact, furthermore, was not reduced, in verse number two, by his parents' apathy. Even though Saul wasn't doing anything, even though he was lazing away under a tree there, scared out of his mind, Jonathan knew there was work to be done. In verse number three of chapter 14 of 1 Samuel, Jonathan also realized that his impact doesn't require other people's attention. Oh, if you and I could only learn this, that we don't need to have our name up in lights, that we don't need to get a slap on the back and an attaboy to do things for God. If we would do our duty simply because it's what we are supposed to do, then it's amazing what our impact could be. Let's look at verse number 4 and 5 of chapter 14. We pick up some new material here as we come to the conclusion of this thought about your impact. 1 Samuel 14 verses 4 and 5 says, And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side, and a sharp rock on the other side, and the name of the one was Boses, and the name of the other Sina. The forefront of the one was situate northward over against Michmash and the other southward over against Gibeah. So I can point out here that Jonathan, he wanted to get to the Philistines because he wanted to take the fight to the enemy. But it was going to require that he go into some bad, some treacherous terrain. The topography did not favor Jonathan and his young armor bearer as just the two of them left everybody behind back under the pomegranate tree. And as they strode forward up the hill, they weren't between a rock and a hard place. They were between a rock and a rock. Let me point this out, that your impact shouldn't rely on a position of advantage. Let me illustrate this this way. We love underdog stories. I love underdog stories. If I turn on a game, it doesn't really matter what the sport is, but if I turn on a game and I don't really have a dog in the fight, meaning I don't really have a team that I pull for more than the other, normally I'll just start cheering for whoever is losing. What I want is that comeback story. What I want is somebody to rise up in the fourth quarter and make a charge and bring their team back from the precipice of losing and somehow eke out a victory. 
That's kind of an American thing, isn't it? We love underdog stories. Except for when we become the underdog. You know what I'm saying? When we are the ones that have their back up against the wall, when we are the ones outnumbered like the Israelites were here, when we are the ones that it's just the two of us versus the world, all of a sudden we aren't that interested, spiritually speaking, in being the underdog. But our impact shouldn't rely on us having a position of advantage. Let's look at verse number six now. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Let's look at that phrase again. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Your impact doesn't represent your personal accomplishment. If you know that going in, it will completely change the opportunity that God has to do a work on your behalf. Because if he knows he's going to get the glory from the get-go, when you're not going to try to hold back a portion of what you've promised to God like Ananias and Sapphira did, when God knows that all the glory and all the honor and all the praise are to him and him alone, friend, that's when he likes to work. And Jonathan here, I believe, was able to secure the advantage of having God on his side in part because he said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. We know we're not going to do it by ourselves, but if God is part of this thing, we can win. Your impact doesn't represent your personal accomplishments. Now, for sake of time, I'm not, not going to belabor these last few points, but look at verse number seven, if you would. And his armor bearer said unto him, said unto Jonathan, Do all that is in thine heart turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Before you make an impact, I'd like for you to reconsider the position of armor bearer. What I mean by that is, God doesn't always need all of us to be Jonathans. Sometimes we need to be the nameless the faithless but the faithful armor bearer that looks at our pastor and maybe wife looks at your husband as he lays out the amazing things, the visions that God has given him and just says this, all right, that sounds pretty crazy, but I'm all in if you are. Do all that is in thine heart. We need to be a support to the Jonathans in our life. Not all of us are going to have, again, our name up in lights. Some of us need to lift the hands of the man of God like Aaron and Hur did for the hands of Moses. Reconsider the position of armor bearer. What happens when we make an impact? What is the sum total goal of everything we've been talking about for this entire week? Well, look at verse number 21. Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Saul and Jonathan. For time's sake, let me explain it this way. Remember all those Israelites that we talked about on Monday back in chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 or so? Remember how they were hiding in caves and in thickets and in pits and in high places, everywhere they could hide and get their head in the sand? Remember all of them? Well, now, because Jonathan, and we brushed over for time's sake, but in verses 9 and 10, 11, 12, Jonathan and his armor bearer do a great work for the cause of Christ. 
And what happens? Everybody comes together and revival propagates all over the place. Verse number 13, and Jonathan climbed upon his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within as it were in a half acre of land. Verse 15, there was a trembling in the host. The Philistines ran scared. Why? Because somebody made an impact. I should say two people made an impact. A young man, Jonathan, a young man, the armor bearer, and the entire people of Israel were rallied to the cause of Christ. Friend, let's make an impact. Join us next week on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.